Good afternoon. I'm Leslie Tolbert, Regents Professor in Neuroscience at the University of Arizona, and this is Arizona Science. Today I'm pleased to welcome Anna Dornhaus, Professor of Ecology and Evolutionary Biology. Anna studies how the behaviors of individuals can lead to collective group behavior that benefits the community as a whole. Thanks for joining us, Anna. You're welcome. Thanks for inviting me. Please start by giving us a little bit of background on how you study the emergence of collective behavior as a sum of individual behaviors in various social insects. Well, I'm fascinated by social insects because they're so small, and we immediately think of them as being built with very small brains and sort of simple behavioral routines. But in actual fact, both as groups and as individuals, they display very complex behaviors. And the way we study them is literally by having colonies in the lab. So one aspect that everybody finds fascinating is when we bring colonies into the lab, we have bumblebee colonies in boxes with transparent lids so we can see everything that's going on within the colony. And we actually glue little number tags to each bee so we can track each individual. They revealed themselves to have personalities, differences in behavior. Some are smarter than others, some are more active than others, and some are more willing to take part in our experiments. So why do you use insects rather than, say, a social vertebrate species? Are there different organizational strategies, fundamentally different strategies? Yes, in fact, social insects are very fundamentally different from social vertebrates in the sense that in social insects such as bees or ants, There's one queen or a few queens who perform all the reproduction. That sounds technical, but in biology, this is actually crucially important because what it means is that every bee and every ant has been evolutionarily optimized to um, help their group as a whole perform well. Whereas in every vertebrate group, with a few exceptions, each individual has been evolutionarily optimized to get the best payoff for itself. So a group of monkeys or a group of zebras or a flock of birds, every individual is behaving in ways that are optimal for that individual, but that may or may not have a good outcome for the group as a whole. So what have you learned about how insect colonies in particular balance efficiency and specialization against flexibility? I'd imagine that the environment that a species inhabits has a lot to say about the importance of one strategy over another. Honeybees can communicate to their nestmates Uh, the exact compass direction and distance of food sources. So they actually have a very fancy communication system to tell each other where to go. However, it turns out that, as fancy as this sounds, it's not very useful for reducing search time. Individual bees are actually very good at finding resources all by themselves. The thing that it's useful for is to pick out the best resource among a large set of resources that vary in quality. And so this communication system is crucial when the problem that you're solving is having a group allocate the right number of foragers to the right kinds of resources. It's a system that's designed to make the group function efficiently by specializing the whole group on the best resource. It's not a system designed to efficiently explore a large area, which is what we initially thought. So it sounds like this should have huge implications for human behavior. A crucial element of the social insect strategies is to take information from others, but also verify the information yourself. So um, it's very clear that ant colonies have to balance a strategy where everybody explores for their own information versus everybody listens to social information first. When it comes to humans, we very often copy information from others 
for example, we read newspaper articles, we read blogs that are essentially using information that came from another newspaper article or a blog. And so we get the impression that we have multiple sources communicating the same thing when really they all are based on the same original fact finding. And that biases our decision making in a way that makes it actually very hard for new information to spread. For example, we all find it somewhat logical that if we want to lose weight, we should exercise. But there are actually new studies that show that exercise, while being very good for health overall, uh, is not useful for weight loss. But what these studies have found takes a very long time. Um, it takes a very long time for what these studies have found to trickle down into our collective consciousness because most of our own convictions are based on many information sources that are ultimately cascading versions of the same information that gets copied from one person, one book, one blog to another. Listen to this and all Arizona Science Conversations at azpm.org slash Arizona Science. I'm Leslie Tolbert.